Welcome to the number 10 edition of the Outdated Wrestling Hour. You know, the other day I was sitting in uh, the tavern. That's what it's called, just the tavern. I don't know. It's all it's on the sign. And I'm enjoying my pickled eggs and my Schaefer. And two young punks, Mr. Neckbeard and Miss Nosering, walk up to me. And they go, hey, Pops, we heard you on that wrestling show talking about Fred Blassie and the Sheik. He ain't nothing compared to MJF. I said, MJF? MJF? You're comparing them classic old-time villains to MJF? Hey, ST. I got censored. It's the outdated wrestling hour. going to have to wash your mouth out with Micron. Don't know what Micron is? Look it up, kids. <laughs> yeah. Hi, it's Bob Smith again. Glad to be back once again on the Outdated Wrestling Hour. Number 10. They said it wouldn't last. Here we are, our 10th episode. Things are going great, and I am still buzzing over the fact that my friend Craig Peters came on the program last week, and we did tremendous numbers, and we're very, very happy with the response we got. Um, some people are very, very complimentary on Facebook, and I want to thank you all for chiming in about it. It was kind of uh, eavesdropping on the two of us looking back on our years together at PWI, and uh, we had some fun, that's for sure. Well, in any event, uh, a lot of things are happening. I will say that I have been booked to guest on two very prominent podcasts. I will give you the news as soon as uh, I can release it, two of the biggest podcasts for about wrestling out there. And uh, I'm real excited about some guests that we're having coming on the show as well. So things are moving along swimmingly. And uh, I couldn't be happier with the way things are going. But as for today, we don't have a guest. And some of our highest rated shows thus far have been kind of listy shows, like uh, where to see things, where to hear things, things like that. This show is going to be about 10 absolute classic matches that you really need to see. All of them legendary. All of them really seminal in the annals of professional wrestling. And the beauty part is you can see most of these for free on YouTube or other things like Peacock. I will tell you where you can see them. Most of the matches are in their entirety, and they're all worth checking out, and they're all classics. If you remember them and want to see them again, you have an opportunity to do it. If you've never seen these matches, now's the time particularly with the way wrestling is right now. I think it's a perfect time as we head into WrestleMania season to look back at the things that kind of led up to the Supercard era, as it were. So without further ado, a little bit of production. Let's take a look at 10 great matches you can check out. All right, let's get started with one that many people call the greatest wrestling match of all time. And at the time when it was held, that may have been true because nobody ever drew a bigger crowd to see a wrestling match in the United States before this. It was Pat O'Connor, who then was the NWA world champion, defending against Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, June 30, 1961, at Comiskey Park in Chicago. It was a two out of three falls match that saw Rogers cover O'Connor. He scored the winning pin after 
in the third fall, I should say, after Connor missed a drop kick and crashed to the mat, looking very hurt. And of course, uh, Rogers crawled over for the pin. Fantastic. The, the action was intense and real. And when Rogers is on the mic after being handed the belt, he states, it's going to happen to a nicer guy. His arrogance made the crowd lustily boom like crazy. It was awesome. They couldn't stand Rogers for, now brace yourselves, simply being arrogant and self-confident. That was a no-no back then. At the time, this was billed as the match of the century, and boy, it really lived up to it. So, okay, if you want to see this, you have to go to YouTube. There's a video of the third fall. Look for it with O'Connor misspelled in the title. There's an edition of the great Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw podcast devoted solely to this match, and you really should listen to that if you want the full impact of what this match meant. And also look for a great article by Greg Oliver on this bout on the Slam Wrestling website. Of course, everything Greg does is great, and you want to check out Slam as often as you can. This match drew a then-record 38,622 wrestling fans. It's a record that stood all the way to WrestleMania in 1987. WrestleMania 3 with Andre versus Hulk, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, I don't think there's ever been a bigger impact of a wrestling match than Pat O'Connor versus Buddy Rogers. A lot of these matches really bring back a lot of great memories for me, particularly this one. This is Terry Funk versus Ric Flair in their I Quit match. This was originally broadcast on TBS on November 15, 1989 from the primetime Clash of the Champions New York Knockout from the RPI Fieldhouse in Troy, which is in upstate New York, near Albany, which is where I used to live. And I was working for PWI at the time that this match was held. And the NWA supplied me with a bunch of tickets for this match, which I was happy to go on a local radio station and give away to local fans who wanted to go see this match. And I know they loved it because this was a classic. You imagine Flair in his prime, Funk at the tail end of his prime, chest chopping, big bumping, action inside and outside the ring, a wild brawl. And uh, it was fantastic. Um, Flair got Funk to submit with his figure four. Now, at that point, Funk was managed by Gary Hart. Uh, Gary Hart got really, really mad that Funk not only said I quit, but then actually shook Flair's hand after the match. So Gary Hart attacks Funk, but Flair comes to Funk's aid and beat the hell out of Hart until here comes Hart's stable, which includes the great Muda and the Dragon Master, and they attack Funk and Flair. Next, Sting runs out to even the score, but then Lex Luger enters the fray, and it's a chair-swinging melee. The whole scenario ends with a, you know, with uh, Luger taking Ric Flair's wrestler of the decade trophy and smashing it into little pieces. A classic. This this one is a real nothing but action brawl. You can see it on Peacock, and you won't want to miss this one. If you want to see Terry Funk in the tail end of his prime and Ric Flair in his absolute prime, nothing but action, nothing but great. The Flair-Funk match you can see on Peacock. I just realized that Terry Funk made this list three times. Boy, that's how good he was over the years. He was just good in various guises and in various matches. This one is another classic from Japan. Terry and Dory Funk Jr. against the Sheik and Abdullah the Butcher. Holy smokes. All Japan Pro Wrestling from December 15, 1977 in the Real World Tag Team Championship Tournament. Uh, I, it's just 
gore galore. I mean, Terry gets his arm just bloodied past the point of recognition. I've never seen anything quite like this. It is almost hard to watch. The Sheik with his foreign object and Abdullah with his fork just ravage Terry Funk's arm. It's just, he's bleeding like a stuck pig. I've never seen anything quite like it. It's nothing but a brawl. I I don't know if this was a a non-DQ match or not, but I don't know how the referee could miss what they're doing to Terry Funk's arm in this match. But Dory Funk is great. And this was a great match by the Sheik. You know, he usually just goes about five minutes in all of his matches. This this match lasts a long time. In the end, um, the Funks win by DQ for shoving the ref. But you know what? After everything that Abdullah and the Sheik do in this wild over-the-top brawl, you, you won't believe they didn't get disqualified much early in the match. Uh, it's free on YouTube to see this, by the way. It's nothing but anarchy. And every second of this match is worth seeing. It is just a wild brawl. And you don't think of Dory Funk as a brawler. He could get down and dirty as good as anybody could. If you like classic Abdullah and the Sheik, this is about as wild as they ever got. And the fans go wild. And I think you will, too, if you see this incredible brawl. So now we go from... Terry Funk in a wild bra to a classic wrestling match with wrestling in all capital letters against Harley Race, where Harley Race wins the NWA world title on February 6, 1977 in Toronto. You can see this one on YouTube. It is a classic. Um, it's mostly scientific. I, I, it, both guys do all their best maneuvers. I mean... Uh, Harley wins with the submission with a grapevine, I believe, as, as I recall. Um, Terry just is every bit as, as good as Harley is in this match. But this is Harley race at his absolute best. Those knee drops, suplexes, just smooth as silks, slow and methodical. One of the great looking, real looking wrestlers, I should say, that I've ever seen Harley race. Every moment of this is sublime. If you want a, a textbook lesson in how a wrestling match should be wrestled, Terry Funk and a man who was later known as the king in the WWF, Harley Race. I just call him one of the greatest champions of all time. There's no question about it. And that match can be seen on YouTube. This next one didn't have a championship to, to lead into it. It just had one of the greatest builds to a feud I have ever seen or ever will see at this point because I haven't seen anything that tops it. This was the culmination. Larry Zabisco versus Bruno Sammartino, a TV match from the WWF Championship Wrestling as originally broadcast on February 2, 1980. It's, it's in its complete and uncensored form on Peacock. Look up the Championship Wrestling section in the WWE area. Wow. This was the culmination of a slow build just to get this match in the ring. It was the eager Larry Z. He wanted to show the world he's every bit the wrestler that his mentor, Bruno Sammartino, was. This is the bout where Larry repeatedly slammed a chair over Bruno's head, which probably ranks as the bloodiest moment in old-school WWF history and the start of one of the hottest, most artful feuds in history, too. It took weeks to lead up to it. Um, I, I want to do a whole show on the build to this match. 
I am going to do a whole show. I, I need to get an expert, maybe Larry Z himself, if I can convince him to come on the show. But it, it's one of the greatest cul- culmination of, uh, I should say, the, the, the payoff to a bill that I have ever seen or ever will see. This was art. Sure, this was just a TV match. Many people remember the blow-off match at Shea Stadium in a steel cage. But this is a riveting, perfect moment. If you've never seen it before, you've got to see this match. If you do ch- tune in, too, check out Vince McMahon's concern and fumbling for words at the end of the broadcast about Bruno. It was probably Vince's best moment as an announcer. I'm not kidding. He sounds genuinely concerned for the safety and well-being of Bruno San Martino at the very end on the fade-out. It's art. It's fantastic. This is about as good as the WWF ever got. Just spectacular. During my years with the wrestling magazines, a lot of people just love to dump on the AWA wrestling show on ESPN. I continue to say bunk, 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 bunk. It didn't have the wild production values of the WWF at that point, and they weren't even trying to look like the WWF. But sometimes the showboat in Las Vegas where they held those uh, TV tapings can produce a classic, and this is one of them. September 2nd, 1986. The Midnight Rockers, which was Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty against Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, then the AWA Tag Team Champions, and it was shown on the AWA Championship Wrestling Show on the cable network. Unbelievable heat. I mean, Summers, Jannetty, and Michaels all bleed profusely in this wild 18-minute brawl. Jannetty gets dropped ribs first on a chair outside the ring at the end of the match, and the Rockers after a pair of refs are are knocked out, they just got obliterated and made a a wild comeback. This is easily the biggest crowd reaction I ever saw uh, on television during the ESPN years to any match. An incredible, gutsy, just wild match to turn the feud up between these teams up 10 notches. You can find this one on YouTube. Uh, It's the Midnight Rockers versus Rhodes and Summers, easily one of the most underrated feuds ever. This match, there's a moment where Jannetty's on, on the ring apron just threatening Sherry Martell, the manager, and the heat in the arena is off the charts. Just just listen to the crowd on this one. Everybody's on their feet, it seems like, for the entire length of the match. Just incredible, as good as it gets. Just wow. One of the greatest TV matches I've ever seen, and I mean that sincerely. We'll stick with the AWA for just a second here because the next match is another classic as Jerry Lawler beats Kurt Henning for the AWA world title on May 8th, 1988 at the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis. Um, This is probably the great blow-off for classic moments at the Mid-South Coliseum and for the USWA at that point um, in the traditional Jerry Jarrett style there. Um... Kurt Henning was fantastic in this match. Uh, one of his great matches, I thought, in, in a losing effort. Um, he had he had Lawler really hurt uh, throughout much of the match. I mean, it really looked like Lawler was going down. Um, but at the finish, Lawler monkey flips Henning over the turnbuckles and onto the ring post head first. And Lawler, who's really hurt, crawls over and pins Kurt Henning is practical in slow motion to win his first major title. Actually, his only major title because, you know, Lawler held the 
8,000 regional Memphis area championships, but this was his first what was still considered a major title in, in the era where the AWA, NWA, and WWF were almost on an even footing. The AWA was kind of losing steam badly at this point, but um, it still counted for those Memphis fans who go absolutely wild at the end of this match. Just fantastic. Now, a long forgotten provision of this match is that Lawyer had agreed to retire if he couldn't beat Kurt Hennig. Is another one is pure art, and this is the Memphis feed that I saw from YouTube, which is where you can go to see this match. And again, Lance Russell and Dave Brown are just spectacular here. You'll never see a more delirious crowd. Just spectacular. It's it's the one that cemented the the legend of Jerry Lawler as if he really needed any more proof. He's the all time king of professional wrestling match number eight on our list is a terrible wrestling match it's the worst match on this list so why is it on the list because it's such a huge historic moment in in pop culture and professional wrestling no matter how you want to slice it it's andre the giant versus hulk hogan from wrestlemania 3 the pontiac silverdome in detroit March 29, 1987 on Peacock. It may be available in other places too, but I just know you can watch it and the whole card that preceded it on Peacock. Personally, I think this was the last old school promoted style match ever to make this kind of a stir. Huge mainstream publicity was only half of it. This match, like I said, it was a cultural phenomenon, like it or not. The mainstream media really got on this match. They really wanted to see the gigantic at that point, Andre, who was almost a mobile take on Hogan. And the match wasn't long. It wasn't artful. It was about as slow a championship match as, or, as you would ever see. But there was something about it. The heat in the giant silver dome in front of that big crowd as the two men stare at each other before they even lock up for the first time. It's classic. Just that moment is classic. The body slam, classic. The reaction after the match, classic. I remember when they were signing off of this card. I just think that's the biggest event I've ever seen or ever will see. And I still feel that way. I know there have been you know, other stadium shows and all this other stuff. Andre Hogan was about as big as it gets. Probably the high point in the history of professional wrestling in terms of the whole world knew about it and really wanted to see it. And they did. It's an important match to, to look at. It's an important match to uh, ponder as we look back in the history of wrestling. Every bit as important as the O'Connor Rogers match that we talked about earlier in an entirely different way. But that's what makes wrestling what it is. It's many things all at the same time. And you can't describe any of them properly. I do not want to sound like a broken record, but I really want all of you to discover Bruiser Bedlam and the period between 1984 and 1987 where Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. revived the World Wrestling Association or Dick the Bruiser's Federation with great young talent and a lot of moxie and some really great booking. This match, you can find it on YouTube on a video entitled Wrestling's Bloodiest Battles. That's what it's called. And it's then... 
WWA world champion Scott Recksteiner. You know him as Scott Steiner versus Chris Carter. I don't know the arena. I, I It's somewhere, I believe this is in the Detroit area for the WWA. This is the match we talked about in our fourth episode when we had Terry Sullivan, the announcer here. And, oh, jackpot. I mean, th- this is real old school heat. You know, we go from the WrestleMania talk to this match with probably – Less than a thousand people saw, but the heat's off the charts. Uh, this is, it's so good. I can't believe it. And I can't believe I never got into the, uh, this Indianapolis slash Detroit Federation during all my years in wrestling. I only discovered this stuff like two years ago. So I feel stupid, but by the same token, I'm finding these old shows and really enjoying them as if I'm seeing them for the first time, because I am seeing them for the first time. Even in my PWI years, we did not cover this stuff a whole lot. In this match, uh, it's a long story. Dr. Jerry Graham had been injured for legit an automobile accident. And he was helping Steiner in this match, uh, overcoming outside interference. And he does. And Steiner gets a uh, pinfall over Carter, who is just a real punk rotten kid at this point then Muhammad Saad his tag team partner uses a chain to attack everybody so the injured Graham with the cane no less enters the ring in a misguided move only to be blindsided by Carter who proceeds to beat the hell out of him and then he takes the uh, cast or leg brace off Graham and beats him up with it and he looks like he's bleeding out. And the fans are mad. And the heat with the screaming crowd is raw and electric. And the seriousness of the tone of this, it's so good. I mean, this is why I am the latest mark for Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. I don't understand why he wasn't a big star in the bigger federations. And I don't understand why uh, he didn't book for them, too. Uh, just this is good old school brawling drama, fans yelling turncoat and traitor at, at this guy Carter. It just had it all. It really did. It was the perfect federation there to uh, do the Detroit area after the Sheik dried up. And I'll tell you what, check the whole card out. It's actually not a bad videotape. There's some really good stuff on it. But this match to me is the highlight because you know what? It was a federation just a couple of years earlier was kind of on its last legs and they made a rousing comeback thanks to some sponsorship and great matches like this one. Check it out by all means. And here's number 10 of 10, but it's just a great match. You should see it. More from Japan, from Tokyo, December 11th, 1980. Billy Robinson versus Nick Bockwinkle. I mean, what's better than that? I know they wrestled 8,000 times in the AWA, but you know what? This is unreal mat wrestling. Look it up, kids. Matt Wrestling. Just just look it up, okay? It turns into a slugfest near the end, but it's the best draw you'll ever watch. I'm telling you, it's awesome. This is a YouTube match. And I know a draw, the kids will spontaneously combust. Oh, you can't have a draw. It's not creative enough, you know, in the main man, you know? But I'm telling you, these are two legends going at it, two guys who knew each other intimately, and it's just a great match. Sometimes you just want to sit down and watch greatness who was better than nick bockwinkle who was better than billy robinson put them together it was always dynamite in fact i don't even think they wrestled each other enough they were just so good together check it out and please check out and have fun 
seeking out and watching these 10 what I consider classic matches. Have some fun, man. It's time to have some fun. Hey, are you in the mood for something fun to do with your family? Get together for a fun and exciting time bowling at Harold Lane's in New Hyde Park, New York. Harold Lane's brings back the nostalgic atmosphere of bowling along with its fantastic cafe and bar selections. The food is not your typical bowling alley offerings. Take it from me. That's the truth. The food is delicious. Harold Lane's also offers adult and junior leagues as well as coaching classes for the kids. The kids' birthday parties, fundraisers, and adult parties are always a huge hit. Reasonably priced and conveniently located at 465 Herricks Road in New Hyde Park, New York, Harold Lane's is open seven days a week, 10 a.m. to midnight. You need more information? Give them a call at 516-741-8022. That's 516-741-8022 for Harold Lane's in New Hyde Park, New York. All right, I'm going to let my hair down now. The serious part of the show is over. It's time for bits and pieces. Just a whole mess of, of housekeeping I'm going to do in terms of hearing from the listeners out there and who I appreciate so greatly, you know, every time. The response to this program has been so gratifying, and it's already paid off for me in more ways than I could ever tell. I, I'm just so grateful for all of you who listen, including people like this. This is uh, this appeared on Apple Podcasts from... Adam in the STL, which I was assume is St. Louis, and he writes, he gives us a five-star review, and the headline is Old School Rules. Adam writes, what an absolute great wrestling hour. As we know, 60 minutes is just a suggestion when it comes to wrestling timekeeping. This podcast is so much fun, I do wish it was longer. The WWA Bruiser Bedlam episode was amazing. Please keep it up. Thank you, Adam. And, you know, it's a quandary for me. It really is. Uh, the Craig Peter show went two hours and about 15 minutes. And uh, I was afraid people might tune out. But as it turns out, from what I could tell, there was really no change in the li- listenership, even though that episode was quite long. Uh, I'd like to go longer. I think it'll depend on the guests and the topics and things like that. One of my ideas when coming up with this podcast, I didn't want it to be like any other podcast. I wanted it to be totally original. I don't want to listen to other podcasts for ideas. I don't want to go with trends. I don't want to copy what anybody else is doing. This whole concept for this show is mine and mine alone. From our staff announcer at the beginning of the show to the musical interludes and whatnot and local advertising, this one's a little different, I know. Um, I hope you all stick with it, and I hope you're enjoying it. That's the main thing. And I get letters in the mail. Uh, you know, you're writing to me at my uh, my email address here that I've given out. I'll do it again at the end of the show. This is a uh, person named, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, both the first and last name. He writes for Pro Wrestling Stories. His name is Javier O-J-S-T. I hope it's Oost or Hoist. Javier, I hope I have it right. And he goes, he writes to me I'm back on March 10th. He says, hi, Bob. I have listened to Johnny Rizzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight since he was with Brian last. And later when he had that falling out resurface with you as a co-host, I continued to be an avid listener. While I lament your sudden departure, I now have a, another great old school podcast to look forward to. 
I'm binging on the outdated wrestling hour and love everything I hear. I wish you continued success and thanks for doing your part in keeping old school wrestling alive. I'll help spread the word. Thank you so much, man. Thanks so much. That, that was a great letter. And thanks for taking the time to write. Um, here's a fellow named Rod Gerlach. Again, I'm hoping pronouncing it G E R L A C H. I feel like Arthur Godfrey. Look it up kids. Arthur Godfrey. All right. Anyway, I was listening to your podcast Friday. I love the show. He's in Gray Bay, Wisconsin, grew up on the AWA, and I'm going to stop his letter right there because he veers off and talks about me mentioning the guest who and Dominic Triano <laughs> on the show where we had um, Liam Savage on because he's from Canada. And he, he doesn't like when Dominic joined the guest who and all this other stuff. But he, he wrote a very, very nice letter, and I appreciate, uh, Rod, you took the time out to talk and uh, let us know. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate everybody who gets a hold of us here. And uh, we got a lot of big stuff coming up. We got a, some really high-level guests coming up. Again, I'm going to appear on a couple of uh, other wrestling podcasts, not this one. And I'm very glad that people reached out wanted me to have on the, on their shows. It's, it's, it's surprising. It's gratifying. I'm just having a blast. I want you to have a blast, too. Get down with the old wrestling, man. Get, get on that YouTube. Look at Look for stuff. Um, get some of those apps for your Roku and find the old school wrestling. The Mario Savoldi tape library has just been re-released. I want to learn more about this. If anybody else th knows more about it, there's a new uh, app for Roku and the streaming sticks um, all about the classic ICW and IWCCW. I could not be more excited. It's a huge videotape library from what I can tell, and it's going to be spectacular. It, it's just Made its debut a few weeks ago, and I think it's something everyone should check out. So um, I'm so glad with the way things are going, gang. I really am. And it's time to go. I don't want to, but I got to go. Life is funny that way. Our opening and closing theme is Boogie Party by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. We have a bunch of places to get a hold of us. Please do get a hold of us. Look for Robert Smith on Facebook. Look for Bob Smith NYC on Twitter. We have a website where you can listen to the shows. It's outdatedwrestlinghour.buzzsprout.com. Our Gmail is outdatedwrestling at Gmail. Just write to us, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. If you if you heard something you want to take umbrage with or you want to bring up a topic or make a suggestion, or if you have other matches, you know, I talked about all these matches today. If you have some matches that you want to talk about, let me know. Let, let, let me know about matches that you think are classic. Give me suggestions and I'll read them on the air. I'd love to do that on the air. <laughs> am I old or what? Podcasts aren't on the air. Neither am I. <laughs> I may be a little high, man, but you know, I am, I am not on the air. In any event, this has been the 10th edition of the outdated wrestling hour. You can find Robert Charles music and Amazon and Spotify. I want to thank the podcast host, Buzzsprout, who it couldn't be better. It's, it's been going great. Everything's, everything's fabulous. This has been a real lift in my shoe. Puts a uh, song in my heart, gang. I'll start singing. You don't, want, you don't want to hear that. Not at my age. Not anymore. So in any event, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Outdated Wrestling Hour. And we will leave you with the legendary words of the great Iceman King Parsons. You, Rudy Poot. 